creation is the title of this message, and there's a main verse. Matthew chapter 1, 23, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Let's pray. Lord, we're all here from different backgrounds with different understandings of, of what Christmas is really about many times, and I prayed, Lord, tonight that you would help me communicate clearly. I pray that people's hearts would be open to receive your word. I pray that we would understand the greatness of the sacrifice that you made for us and the importance of this day and this plan you had to save your people. I pray now, God, that you'd be glorified during this time. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I was preparing for this message a couple of weeks ago, I ran across this quote from uh, Disney. Actually, it's a, a script. Is she locked up? There it is. It's the new script for One Solitary Life as part of Disney's Epcot International Festival holidays, Candlelight Processional. Quote, 20 centuries have come and gone, and today he, referring to Jesus, is considered by many to be the central figure of the human race and the leader of mankind's progress. All the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the parliaments that ever sat, all the kings that ever reigned, put together, have not affected the life of men on this earth as much as that one solitary life. For all the miracles of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace himself was simply a man, a human being, and he walked through this world in the most human way possible with love. No mere man can do that. No mere man can do what Disney has correctly claimed that Jesus has done. And the reason being is, is Jesus wasn't just a man. There is this inconceivable mystery at the very heart of Christianity, and that is Emmanuel, God with us, God in the flesh. Jesus is not simply the revealer of God, but God himself revealed, the living God revealed. Take a look at God's word, Colossians 1.15 and 2.9, 1.15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And 2.9, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. He's God in the body is what it's saying. That's what it's saying. And here's a quote from Wayne Grudem. It is by far the most amazing miracle of the entire Bible, far more amazing than the resurrection and more amazing even than the creation of the universe. The fact that the infinite, omnipotent, that means all-powerful, eternal Son of God could become a man and join himself to a human nature forever so that infinite God became one person with finite man will remain for eternity the most profound miracle and the most profound mystery in all the universe. You see, that's what we're celebrating today, that Jesus did not transition from being God to become a man and then transition back from being a man to God. That didn't happen that way. Jesus was fully God and fully man. He became man without ceasing to be God in any way. How that works, I have no idea. That's why it's a mystery. How could Jesus be omnipotent, all-powerful, and yet we hear about him being tired and having to sleep? See, these 
two natures coming together perfectly for a purpose. Forever God and man in one person. That's our Lord Jesus. He is now in his new resurrected body, seated on the right hand of the Father. That's all the truth. And that's who our Lord is. Well, his full humanity was necessary. God had to become human, put on flesh. And the reason being is because we needed a Savior. This sinful people, man was desperate. There was nothing we could do to be made right with God. So God took the initiative. And man needed a Savior. And so Christ's full humanity was necessary. We needed someone to save us and also someone who could empathize with our struggles, understand what it's like to be tempted, understand what it's like to suffer, to have joy, to have sorrow. So he can relate to us, God in the flesh. He understands whatever battle you're going through, the highs, the lows. He's been there. He knows about betrayal. He knows about People turning their backs on him. He knows about suffering. He knows about temptation and trials. But tonight we're not here celebrating Christ and what he accomplished on earth. And all these feats that Disney pointed out were true. We're not here to celebrate Christ's birth worldwide because of his earthly accomplishments or his example on how we are to live in order to be pleasing to the Father. Those are important things. But really, Christ's earthly impact is secondary to his eternal impact. Please hear that. Christ's earthly impact is secondary to his eternal impact. Take a look at God's word again. Matthew chapter 1, 20 through 23. Joseph, son of David, this is the angel speaking to Joseph, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's the key. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. This was in Isaiah 7, 14. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And in Isaiah 9, verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Fully God, fully man. That's our Jesus. And that's who we celebrate tonight. Jesus is God. That means something pretty obvious. He knows the way to heaven. He knows the way to heaven because he was there, he is there now. He knows how to get there. When we die, there's life after life. This isn't it. There's life after life, and that life has this place called heaven. And Jesus knows how to get there because he was and is there. And if we could get there by being good enough, 
you know, if your good works outweigh your bad, you're not so bad as this person or whatever. If that was the case, then we should never be celebrating Christmas. Do you realize that? Because you could do it on your own. You just got to be kind of mostly good. But Jesus did come because in the Bible, nobody is saved because their good works outweigh their bad works. That's not in the Bible. And so what we find is that we needed someone. Jesus knew that we could not be good enough. That if you sinned once, and we've sinned more than that today, if you've sinned once, you're separated from God. Because God is loving, that's true. But he's also holy and just. His love is seen in sending Christ, but his justice is this, and his love is, and his holiness is this, is that if we've sinned, we're separated from God. There's nothing we can do about that. We've sinned, and we're separated from God. And all the good works in the world don't erase the fact that you've sinned and violated God's laws. And because of that, the punishment that God want, it has to give out would have been on you. And so what occurs was that God sent his son. This is the love. And Jesus did what God required. That's why he had to come and put on flesh because he had to do in the flesh what we are required to do. You know what that is? If you want to spend eternity in heaven, here's the minimum requirement. Never sin once. Not once. Not in thought, not in word, not in deed. Never sin. Well, we can't do that. But someone did it for us. And his name is Jesus. He came, and he, they call it fulfilled the law of Moses. He walked on this earth for 33 years of our time and never once sinned. He did for us what we couldn't do. He met the requirements to spend eternity in heaven. And then he went to the cross and was punished for sin that wasn't his own because God is holy. And if you sin, we have a righteous judgment coming towards us because God is holy. And so Jesus took the punishment of all Christians, everyone who would receive the gift of salvation by God's grace alone through faith alone, in Christ alone. He was punished for, the, for their sins. In other words, this great exchange happened. What we were required to do, live without sin, Jesus did for us. And his righteousness, is the term the Bible uses, is imputed to us. It means it's considered as if we did it. And our sin is imputed to Jesus, as if Jesus did it, and he's punished for us. You see, that's what it was all about, because it's not good works outweighing the bad. It's about sinners in desperate need of a Savior. And God came and put on flesh and did what we couldn't do. He fulfilled the law perfectly without sin, and he bore the penalty of every Christian who had received the gift of salvation. And you receive it by grace. Grace is something you get when you, that you don't earn, you don't deserve. It's by God's grace. It's a gift. I love, we have a banner up here. Uh, Unto us, is gi- uh, son is given. And a gift is always purchased by someone and given to another. But somebody pays for the gift. And the father sent his son and Christ paid for the, pe- the penalty we owed. That this gift of salvation would be made available. And my challenge for you today is this. Would you receive new birth today on the day that we celebrate Jesus' earthly birth? If you've never come to that place of giving your life to Christ, 
by God's grace, just receiving, saying, I'm guilty, God is charged, I'm a sinner, and I'm separated from you. There's nothing I can do about that. Would you forgive me, Lord? Would you be the leader of my life? I just received that gift of salvation, Lord, by grace, by faith. I trust you, Lord. That's it. That's it. You see, that's what Christmas is really all about. It's about a gift purchased for us on the cross. You see, the virgin birth is beyond comprehension. You can't get it. How does that all work? I don't know. I know it's true because the Bible says so. It was unheard of before that time, and it is unparalleled since that time. And the virgin birth, please listen to this, is absolutely necessary for the validity of Christianity. It had to happen. It was the only way that it could happen. It's an expression of God's incredible wisdom. And our humble God chose the manger over majesty. Think about that. He chose dingy clothes over a robe of glory for that small season. And he chose rejection over worship. He entered our world 2,000 years ago to provide a way that we might eternally be with him. That's our Savior. And he reaches out to you now. If you're a believer, he understands what you're going through. He understands your battles in this crazy, mixed-up, chaotic world. He understands the anxiety and the frustration. And he's still the answer. He reaches out to us now in all of our struggles. If you don't know him, he understands what you're going through. And he is the one who can provide you with hope for today and for all eternity. I ran across this song, and I just thought I'd show you the lyrics as a closing one. It's called Welcome to Our World. Tears are falling, hearts are breaking, how we need to hear from God. You've been promised, we've been waiting. Welcome, holy child. Hope that you don't mind our manger, how I wish we could have known, but long-awaited holy stranger, please make yourself at home. Bring your peace into our violence. Bid our hungry souls be filled. Word now breaking, heaven's silence. Welcome to our world. Fragile fingers sent to heal us. Tender brow pre prepared for thorn. Tiny heart whose blood will save us. Unto us is born. So wrap your injured flesh around you. Our injured flesh around you. Breathe our air and walk our sod. Rob our sins and make us holy. Perfect son of God. Welcome to our world. That's what we celebrate Jesus, God in the flesh. He is fully God. He is fully man. He is seated on the right hand of the Father in his resurrected body. And he is God now forever for all eternity. He is God with us. He is God for us. And for all of you who know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he's God in you. And that's Christmas. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we stand in awe of this incredible incarnation, Lord. Only a wise God could understand this mystery. And you put it together so that all of the requirements for salvation would be met in Christ. 
And as we celebrate this birth of your son, we want to thank you, Father, for this plan of salvation that you have made. And we ask you, Lord, now that you would please, Lord, cause this truth to saturate us, Lord, to impact us in such a manner that it would affect the way we think, the way we talk, the way we live. We wouldn't simply say we're Christians. We would be Christians, God. And that we would do it by your grace and by your mercy and by your power. And we praise you tonight, Lord. Emmanuel, God with us. We pray this in Jesus' beautiful and glorious name. And all God's people said, amen.